I'm the youngest person usually on the pickleball court. So there is that gap happening right now in our society between, I would say, 25 and 40, where people just don't play. All right, I got an athlete in the house. Welcome back to a Resty Move podcast. We're back. Chris is in the hot seat. Dad's in the hot seat. And... We're going to talk about athletes today and, and the aging athlete. As always, any questions, info at ontargetliving.com. We'd love to hear from you. We do hear from you. It means a lot. Today's topic around the aging athlete spans many, many generations, many different ages, could be different seasons. I'm 37 years old. You're going to be 66 years old. You could be 25 years old could be just getting into college. We're all aging as athletes. But before I go into the X's and O's of how to age as an athlete, help help me kind of think about athlete in your mind. What's an athlete in your mind? Well, I think when I ever heard the word athlete, I always think about performance or a higher level. So somebody could be relatively fit, but they might not be an ath- athletic. So athletic to me is now I'm getting into play. So to me, when I think of athlete, I think of some type of play. For athleticism, where people do a combine and they can run fast and jump high, but sometimes people are very, they have all these skills, but they're not really a great in their sport or their the, the game they're playing. So there's a lot to that. We talk a lot about you know the mental side of it, like making the right decision at the right time. So to me, you might have all the physical attributes, but sometimes you don't have the combination. So that's kind of when I think about athletes, you know, whatever you know, because I love to play. And I remember my grandmother saying, you know, at some point in time, you know, this guy, this kid is going to do something that has to do with a ball because <laughs> he likes to play. So the connection between athlete and play is, is pretty intertwined for you. You can be athletic. You can be naturally gifted or maybe, maybe even skilled, but you have to have some level of play in your mind for, for athlete, the aging athlete. So would you say like... um like a sport like CrossFit where maybe some of those individuals are super fit, can move their body in different ways. Is that an athlete? Oh, sure. Yeah, they're skilled in that that game. But again... Because it is a game at that point. It's, it's a game. It's, a, it's yeah, play there. Very, these are these are athletes. They can run fast. They can jump. You know, they're super strong. All that kind of stuff. So I, I would I would consider that. But, but sometimes, like, you know, we had Battle of the Titans way back in the day. So we wanted to do is combine the physical piece, the strength, the speed, all that kind of stuff, but also with games. Because sometimes these people, maybe like in CrossFit, I'm not going to try to, because these are really amazing athletes, but maybe they're not really that coordinated with the ball or a stick, a stick racket. Or, yeah. So that's where sometimes you really, when I really look at athletes, they can really cross over. They're very skilled at, whether it's ping pong or downhill skiing or, you know, playing tennis and maybe they can do pull-ups, you know, so it's, it's kind of a little bit of everything. So, so plays plays important deal. Athlete can mean several different things in this context here. I think when we talk about the aging athlete, it's almost like the aging performer. The uh, but what you'll hear us talk about is the reason why we're both so passionate about athletics is the play component. Is is it is one of our abilities. Now, there's different ways to play. It doesn't have to always be sport, correct, or athletics. You can play with the grandkids, do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, you can. Fun. You can just run in the yard or play games, tag. You could 
play board games, more of a mental play. When, when I think of aging as an athlete, it's my ability to have that competition, to have that performance, to kind of keep me engaged in something. And that's what we're talking about today. And so if you're not necessarily an athlete, kind of pick up on some of the things that you can do to continue to perform, whether it's to stay fit or to stay flexible or mobile, whatever the category is. So I wanted to get that out of the way. So you're 66. Have you ever thought of your aging as an athlete? Like, how are you going to age as an athlete? Or how are you going to continue to move the way you want to move or compete the way you want to compete? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so if you go back in time, like I ruptured my patella tendon back in 2000 playing basketball with you. And so when I did that, kind of my basketball days were over. We were winning, by the way. Yeah. <clears throat> and and I loved playing basketball, but I thought to myself, okay, you know, it was a really devastating injury, but I was always looking for something. And and I think part of aging athlete is you have that self-awareness, not as strong, can't run as fast, can't jump as high, don't hit the golf ball as far. You know, you have the self-awareness, but at the same time, I always have, I still have this mentality that I probably think I'm a lot better than I am. And big part of that is I constantly want to try to get better. I like to learn. And so even though I might have not have the same physical skills that I used to, I can't run as fast and so forth, but I still think I can do certain things. And that kind of drives me. And the same thing when I, I train people, I always want to find out what really drives them. Like I was talking to a guy the other day, he wants to get back playing golf again, his back's a mess and this and that. So he's driven to want to get back because he used to be a good golfer or downhill skiing or whatever it might be. So that to me is always my kind of my driver. Like one of my drivers of wanting to stay in shape and take care of my body is so I can do things. I can cut wood. I can haul stuff up and down, you know, from the lake. But your function, your function isn't going to decrease. Yeah, so yeah. I still want to play. I still want to play at a high level. I want to get better. Yeah, I have the, I have the self-awareness. It's easier to get injured. And so I do... Again, we can talk about the tactics and strategies. So I surround myself with some professionals, and but I'm much more aware of, of my limitations than I was when I was probably, you know, 30 to 40. I didn't think I had any limitations. So, but now I'm much more aware of those. And I think that's the self-awareness that I think everybody has. And, you know, I remember, you know, Jim Lohr came out with a corporate athlete, you know, many years ago. And I thought that was a great model because in corporations, he was talking about energy management, all the stuff that we discuss, but it really hit me like he's going after performance in the corporate environment. And so that's what he called it. He called the corporate athlete. And it made people think differently. Like, okay, instead of saying, hey, you need to eat better, feel better, whatever. But if you can perform better, his whole definition was performance in the corporate environment. Well, it's almost like the hierarchy. Some people think the hierarchy of an athlete is maybe at the tip, tip top. And so if your if your kind of baseline is a lot lower, you can kind of just get by, and and I think that's why we both like the term athlete because you're actually trying to be at the end of the day your best, whether it's in a sport or just the ability to perform if you choose to. Well, I think the other thing I heard you say in one of the podcasts is that you're comparing yourself to yourself. You should. Yeah, it's not always competing against everybody else, but can you be a little bit better or try to be a little bit better? And so to me, that's my thing is like, okay, I want, I want to be a little bit better and I want to be better mentally and I want to be better physically. So yeah, Tom Brady had, was on a podcast this week and some of the stuff I didn't love, he's a very intense, unique 
zero 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 one percent of people like there's a lot of things that i don't think are sustainable for the average person but what he said was is uh car is coach you know tom would go in there and he's like i'm gonna transfer i'm not playing i can go to cal and start and he said brady all you need to worry about is yourself and he said it changed his whole mindset. He worked with a sports psychologist. And every single day, all Tom Brady tried to do is he got two snaps at Michigan is to make those two snaps as best as he possibly could. So he's more enthused. He did more preparation. Sure. And so I think that's a good thing when you're thinking about aging as an athlete is don't look across the court or at the gym or whoever you're comparing and saying, oh man, that person can still jump and touch the rim or... A person can play and run a four thirty mile or whatever. You got to go inward and say, what preparation have you done? And what's your limitations and what's your actual capabilities? That's a better way to do it. And that's how I think you can really age as an athlete. Because I think what happens is two things. You compare yourself and say, that person does it, but I can't. And you quit. Or you say, I used to be able to do it, but I can't, so I don't want to do it anymore. And those are two things we see a lot. You see it in professional sports. The minute they're done with professional sports, they're done doing anything physical. We know many people that are professional athletes that- Yeah, they pack it in. Pack it in. And then you see the athlete, the average Joe, the uh, intramural person that wants to do these things, play golf, downhill ski, say, well, I used to be able to do the double black diamonds and I can't anymore, so I might as well not do it. That's what we're talking about today is how do we continue, no matter where you're at in the age, in a way that's very structured in the sense of how do I prepare and how do I continue just to get better, even though I don't have as much time, it's not my livelihood. And you know, as a college athlete, and sometimes I use that word with caution because I understand I was a golfer, but it's the same thing with golf. You know, You don't play as much, you don't practice as much, you can't but if you do certain things, it doesn't really have to decline and you can still enjoy it at this at the same level. Well, I think the other thing too, when you think of golf, if you go back in the days of, you know, many, many years ago, the Miller Barbers of the world, these guys were great golfers and maybe they were good athletes in other areas. But I think if you looked at golf, for example, now, all these golfers are into speed and strength and, you know, mobility, flexibility, balance. It's a different world. So are the golfers of today more athletic than the golfers of in the past? Of course. I was watching Billie Jean King playing Bobby Riggs the other night, and I was looking at like the women's U.S. Open in tennis today. It's all there's, there's so much specimens, so much more athletic today because again they understand that. But as people age, it's interesting. I had a couple in here the other day, and they're in their early 60s, and. I'm getting them, I think they're getting excited about their physicality and they weren't, they were like, I just want to get in better shape. But I was challenging them. Can you hang from the bar? So I said, can you hang from the bar for, you know, 30 seconds unsupported? No, I can't do that. Oh, that's what we're going to strive for. Well, then they did it and they're like, you should see the big smiles on their face. Or back in the day, I used to ask some of the seniors, what sports do you want to play? And then we would train to play that sport. So again, I think that's, Really refreshing piece of all this as we age is having that self-awareness one, but having that curiosity and that playfulness. And I think that's when you think about play and as kids, and I think that's what you see a lot of athletes today is like, if you play multiple sports, you get pretty good at a lot of different things. Now, are you the master of any? But I think that's what happens as what I see in my world is people start not participating anymore. Mm-hmm. 
they used to water ski, they don't anymore. They used to downhill ski, they don't anymore. Or whatever they used to do, they don't. Why can't you still do it? And then you're training to do that. Maybe not the same exact level, but... So I think we're talking two things. Number one, my body doesn't allow me to do what I want to do. Or I've allowed myself to just get into a routine where I don't, I don't give myself enough time to play. It's not a priority. It's not my white space. It's not a habit. And you get out, once you get out of that, you know, I had a um, intramural basketball. I think I was, I think I was probably 30 and I assembled this team, three Michigan state national championship players from the 2000 team, David Thomas, Dwan Wiley, Andre Hudson, and, and this other guy named Rudy, who was six, nine, 280 pounds. I mean, we were, we were stacked. Long story short, we were, went 0-3. I couldn't get all of them to show up at once. So we, the first game we had four on five, and it doesn't matter who you have. But we slowly assembled. And one of the things I saw is they love to continue to compete, but their body doesn't necessarily allow them to compete how they envision they can. And it's like you have a choice. Do you compete at a level that you don't really care for? You know, as a golfer, I don't really want to play the four tees in an eight-hour scramble without much on the line. It, it doesn't do anything for me. So there's a competition. There's a level of performance that I do expect in some things. And, and that's what I saw with them. And then on the other side, a couple of them know I got to do a couple of things here so my body actually can keep up with where I want. So some of it's choice. Some of it is aging and, and understanding, okay, I'm not going to be a professional athlete anymore. And figuring out a way that kind of fills all your buckets of satisfaction as you continue to age. And so for me, it's golf, but I still want to run. So if I can't run, that bothers me. So today I'm going to go train with a coach to help me with this calf issue that keeps coming up when I try to run at a level that I want to. Can I walk? Can I jog? Sure. I can do that all day. Can I bike? But I want to run. Yeah. And it's like, for me, I have a chronic hamstring issue. So I could just say, hey, listen, I just can't do that anymore. Put you in a cart. I could just not play paddleball anymore, but I, that's not a choice. I'm going to continue to try to play. And so then I'm going to work at it. And like people say to me all the time, when you go see Jill in physical therapy or, you know, I get a massage a couple times a month or, you know, I'm doing specific stretches and strength training and stuff for that. Um, it's interesting the comments people say to me sometimes like, why do you just not play anymore? Like, that's not an option because I love to play. I loved playing this. I still can play it. I still can play it at a pretty high level. Well, let's talk right there. Why is it not an option for you? Because it's an option for some people. Well, it's not not an option for me because I love playing it and I still I still believe I can play it. And I But still, what does play do for you? It 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 does everything. It helps me it's, it's a mental thing. It my like time disappears. I like competition. And so I get excited about it. So fulfilled, joy. Yeah, it's joyful. Presentness. Mm -hmm. We were skiing last year in Snowmass, Colorado. We, we go out every year, similar, you know, Matt Kahn and uh, Walt Halloran, which he's a heart surgeon in South Bend, and, and then my good close friend, John O'Leary. And so we went out to Snowmass last year, and we had beautiful weather. We had all sorts of different issues to get there. But once we got there, the World Cup or the X Games just left, so there was nobody there. And so I'm at the bottom, I still remember this, I'm at the bottom of one of these runs at Snowmass, and snow is incredible. And I look up and I see John and Walt coming down. And they're skiing like they're freaking 25. <laughs> they're, they're crushing it. They're into it. And they're, you know, the weather's perfect. Everything, the snow is about, you know, shin deep. And, 
and I'm I'm walking and they come down and they stop and they were, you know, they probably skied about a thousand vertical or something just to get down. It was a long way. And I said to them, I got to tell you guys, and I'm not blowing smoke here. You guys are skiing like you're 25 years old. Well, a big part of that is they were so enthusiastic mentally and they were, you could hear them. You could hear them, you could hear them laughing coming all the way down. Now they weren't laughing, but I could know that inside yeah, yeah. they were laughing. Yeah, they were, they were joyful. They were excited and. And that's what's, that's kind of what we see missing sometimes yeah. is like that. So when you think of people that lose joy, many things can happen, but they lose the ability for what they used to be able to do or think they could do. And, and like when you go into the gym sometimes, could be, it could be, you know, I'm, I'm going through the motions or whatever, but I think sometimes when you can get people to play and then you create the physicality, like you were talking about your, your basketball guys. If they, they love, still probably love to play, but they're they're not doing the work to keep themselves. Right. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. They're keeping themselves to play like they can. Now, do they have to be at the same level and work out the same, you know, absolutely not, but there needs to be some type of balance because if you looked at the human body, how we age, it's a slow drip. It's a slow decline. Lung function first, mobility, you know, all that stuff. It's a slow drip from age, basically 20 to hundred. Now we're all aging. Unless you pack it in. Unless you pack it in. And then it goes quick. It goes super quick. And use around 40 or 50. And we always talk about the worst, you know, the most detrimental age for most people is the decade between 30 and 40. All right. So I'm in that, I'm in that age. So when we think about if someone's listening or they have kids or grandkids in this, this age, one of the things that really gets me passionate to, to try to continue to inspire is let's just say you didn't play a professional sport or college sport. But you did intramurals and you're active through college or whatever, through high school. You're an athlete in high school and then you hit college and kind of slows down. But then you hit your first job. And let's just say that's 24 to 30 and you slowly stop playing. You stop playing, you start participating. Some people do. I know people that love playing volleyball and softball and things that keep them going. Great. But you stop playing and you may still exercise or stay fit. But when you, when you stop playing, you stop to have that, that internal drive that, I got to do a couple things to keep playing. I got to get on the bike or I have to run my certain amount of miles or do some stretches or work on my. And like you said, I, that's what I'm seeing. I'm 37 and, and many, many of my friends are done playing. Now they might play golf. You know, that's a sport that kind of, you can kind of do at any level, but I see less people playing basketball. I see less people playing softball. If you like baseball or softball, tennis, I'm the youngest person usually on the pickleball court. So there is that gap happening right now in our society between, I would say, 25 and 40 where people just don't play. Why You were at that age at some point, and I remember you played a lot of things at that age. Today in 2023, why is this play so absent? Because it's easy not to. And what are they replacing it with? Replacing it with their phones and their all electronics and, you know, technology versus before we're going to have fun. We have to, you know, we're going to have to, you can go find it. You got to go find it. You got to, you got to set up. I mean, I remember growing up in our neighborhood, we had 16 boys all within a year apart. And so, but I was the ringleader. And I remember some of these guys today will still say to me, you know, I probably wouldn't have done all this stuff, but you're always calling, Hey, we got to, you know, we got a football, we're playing baseball, we're doing whatever, basketball, whatever it might be. Chris is at the house again. <laughs> yeah. He's bugging the crap out of me, but I think I think uh, people start to have replace it with other things, and the more sedentary you become, the more sedentary you become. And the next thing you know, 
you're kind of thinking like, okay, I can't climb that mountain anymore, and so I just wish not to. And if you looked at our society today, you know, 85% of our population does not move intentionally in the United States. If you're getting out to play pickleball and you love pickleball and as you age or whatever, and you're seeing, you know, the best pickleball players in the world, they're young because now they're realizing, oh, this is an interesting, fun game. But I think that's what I've seen over the years that, you know, like I get together with some of my guys that I played football with in high school and a lot of them don't do anything except golf. That's all they do. They don't think about anything else. Yeah. And then you think of the other side, you know, my wife and mom and some people weren't athletes and some people don't like sport, but they don't move because there's less of the opportunity to move. I was speaking for, I spoke at all these schools over the last couple months because they all do their meetings in a short period. But the, the superintendent was talking about how her family came in town and she uh, was trying to get them all to play badminton and nobody knew how to play badminton. And so I was laughing because when I was a freshman in high school, I had to take a badminton class. And I love, I love badminton is one of the greatest things. Now you have to set it up and if it's windy, it's all that kind of stuff. But this is what I think is going to be missed this missed window of opportunity because we're playing less. There's, it's easier to be entertained with other. The way I used to be entertained was you're going to go play a sport at some some point in the day. And hey, we're going to play horseshoes, badminton. I remember we had Bob Cornwell at one of the greatest, you know, I was a guy I trained for many years and I loved this guy and he was this uh, amazing piano teacher. In a, you know, and the guys had this formal training and it just, I mean, I learned so much from this guy and so many different things, but we had him over for dinner, him and his wife. And then we had Carrie and Kevin Hugh came over and I have a, we have a ping pong table in the basement and they come downstairs and we're playing ping pong and Bob's sitting over the side and Bob never played ping pong in his life. He never did any kind of sports per se. Now he liked to be in the gym, but he didn't really play any sports. And he came up for dinner and he goes, I've never seen so much misspent youth. <laughs> he is joking. And he was like, how can you guys be this good in ping pong? And you don't know how to play any musical instrument. You don't have, but that wasn't my thing. Yeah. It was like ping pong, tennis, doesn't matter what it was. It was a game. It's fun. And I think when you think about what's going on in our world today, especially from a mental health, you start creating phys more physical play activities, which you can call it athletes. Because again, I think people get excited when they feel like they're improving, whatever it is. I could call that an athlete. But that mental health stuff starts disappearing because anxiety and stuff, time disappears when people play. And when you hear this with it, especially older adults, there's laughter, there's joy, there's things that they don't experience during their day. And I think that's what we're finding with, you know, when you think about athletes and as we age, again, it's the awareness, but at the same time, we don't need to pack it in. All right. So people's joints break down and they get injuries and put on weight and don't have the flexibility, range of motion, all those types of things. All right, let's give the listeners a couple of things that you like to do to prepare to continue to be an athlete as you age, no matter what the age is. Well, number one, the foundational pillar is I'm going to really pay attention to my sleep yeah, and amount, uh, the amount of rest I get. And so that's really important because when you think of hormones and how the body repairs mentally, physically, we need to make sure that. So if my knees are bothering me every time I play basketball or anytime I'm going to do something that I, let's start there versus saying, oh, it must be time for a replacement. They, yeah, I mean, there's many things that could be yeah, happening. I ran into a guy yesterday and he just, I said, hey, how's your golf game? And he goes, I don't play golf anymore because my back's a mess. Okay. You know, that's it. Boom. It's done. 
So, but sleep's a mess because his back's a mess. Back's a mess because he's not sleeping. Right. right. So again, we're not, I need to go, you know, okay, I'm not. But if that was a person, I would step back and say, hey, tell me about the rest, sleep. And then from there, we're going to look at really go and dive into nutrition. Are you hydrated? You know, are you taking omega-3 fats? You know, what's your diet look like? Because that's the, that's the repair mechanism. I mean, how do you build a amazing building, you have to have the right raw materials. So then you look at that and what are they eating? And again, when you think think about athletes today, I mean, every professional sport, they're really dialed in. Well, yeah. I mean, Tom Brady talks about when he was 35, he started to really tap in nutritionally. Yeah, it's huge. And he thought he could play at that moment. He was feeling so much better. And most people at 35, his quarterback started to go the other. He said, I can play 10 more years. Serena Williams, tapped into nutrition to gain a couple of extra years. Djokovic, tennis. I mean, it goes, it goes on, on and on. on. I mean, it's the, to me, it's still today, it's a still infancy of what people know about nutrition at the professional ranks. And so we hear that. I mean, I, wor- I worked with professional athletes. They don't really know anything about it. So I think that's the, that's the new frontier, in my opinion, is really understanding the power of nutrition how it repairs the body. So, so yeah, setting a new standard. Yeah. So if the standard was when when Grandpa was an athlete, which when when Grandpa would talk about being an athlete, he's talking about when he's twenty one. Yeah. Right. Because that's the last time he played organized sports. Yeah. Your grandfather was a good athlete, but again, he probably didn't do anything physically after mid thirties except so, golf. <laughs> And that's, so if that's the case, that standard that keeps being taught is like at thirties, you don't play any, anything Mm -hmm. anymore. Now in today's age, there are people that are, you get the CrossFit and the Tough Mudder and these, you know, I saw this woman, she was 85 doing some box jumping. Like we're starting to see that it's possible, but now the baseline is going to change once we tap in nutritionally. Yeah. And as we, again, if you looked at Djokovic, I mean, what is he? 36 won the U.S. Open. He's playing, you know. L. Or what's his name? Medivev. And, and, but again, he's seeing that because in t- as, as professional men and t- women tennis players, they don't, they shouldn't be playing at a high level after 30 in the past. I was listening to ESPN coming in here today and they're talking about this one offensive alignment that, you know, he's kind of aging because he's, he's 31. I'm like, what? You know, so I think you're exactly right. Because the baseline, that's the baseline. The we baseline. look at data, here's the averages. But I think Brady showed that and you see Djokovic and you're going to see this in every sport that you could play at a really high level if you take care of the of your body and your, you know, your asset that comes with it. So again, nutrition is really, I still think it's an infancy, you know. To manage inflammation. Inf- inflammation, inflammation is really what's Understand the power of hormones and how they work, and that's why we need to make sure we get enough sleep, why omega-3 fats, omega-6 fats are really critical, because like when people do pumpkin seeds and like Brazil nuts and the cod liver oil, those are things that are really going to be the raw materials for your hormones. And then from there, I really want to surround myself with a team. I get a massage a couple times a month. I take Epsom salt baths you know, weekly, two to three times a week. Epsom salts are high magnesium. That helps my body recover. And then from there, you know, maybe you have a, a trainer and you have, a, you know, a chiropractor. You see. Or a coach. Or a, a coach, yes. Or maybe you maybe you want to do a triathlon yeah, or you yeah. want you want to yeah. compete at something, the I mean, Gus Macker. Yeah, you sign up for something. You train for something, whether yeah. it's a hike in the Grand Canyon or, you know, a tough mutter or whatever it might be, Spartan race or... But then from there, really comes back to, and this is what I wrote in the Rusty Move book, is things I never used to do as restorative movements. 
I work on my ankle flexibility. I work on my knee flexibility. You know, it's all these restorative movements that I never, ever paid attention to before. Because when I was like, when I was training with Walt back in the, you know, here and there, he kind of created the self-awareness that I had these limiting components in my body. And if you have these limiting components, and one of them was my ankles. And so he showed me and I kept using these excuses. And finally, I started doing what he's telling me and my flexibility of that drastically improved. And I share that with all my clients. And the same thing goes with, can you hang from a bar or can you get on the, on your knees? So when I look at some of the seniors I work with, the first thing I do is I want I say, hey, we're going to get this pad here and I want you to get on your knees. And you should see the apprehensive looks that I get. Like, you want me to get on my knees? Yeah. I want, you to, I want to see you get on your hands and knees and I want you to just be on your knees in a, in a basically a seated position on your knees. And it's shocking that many of them are like, I can't do that. Well, do you want to do that? So those are things I think- Let me, let me point out something there because I think that's solid. So some people are listening and like, oh, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I care to be an athlete. I think that's honestly what some people are thinking. Sure. You do these things because one of your drivers is you want to continue to be an athlete. Mm-hmm. But also the rest of your life improves. You sleep better. You can do th- certain things. You don't compare about, you don't complain about pain. So I think sometimes as we're talking about athlete, even if you don't want to be an athlete, you got to think of yourself as how can you continue to perform and function and be the best version of yourself, whether or not you like golf or tennis or pickleball or any of those, you still want to wake up each day, put your feet on the floor and say, wow, I feel pretty good. And I think that's what you said a hundred, you know, a hundred times I've heard you say this, but the bottom line in all this, it makes me feel good. And so I get up in the morning, I just, I don't ache. I, you know, some days they're better than others, but I think that's what people, and then I think people over time, they get numb to how they feel. Sure. And so when you think of uh, the athlete piece is, yeah, you can go beat yourself up, but I, what I find as long as I play and recover and play and recover, wow, I... I mean, like today, I'm getting out of the shower and I'm walking out after playing paddle ball and I'm like, wow, I feel pretty good right now. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. You got the whoop and the aura ring and these things that track and you now can compare and say, man, I thought I felt pretty good, but the stats are telling me I'm like way below average. I think that can help with self-awareness because it is a blessing and a curse. We only can compare ourselves to ourselves yeah. if you think about it. And so if you get used to yourself, you might think, well, this must be how good it can be. In many cases... But I think your wearables are training wheels. I really am not a big fan, except after you get past the first awareness. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's a training wheel. It's a training wheel. So it's bumpers. When you can teach people, like I don't need to tell tell my, you know, they how'd you sleep last night? Well, my, you know, my whoop said this and that, and now it's kind of stressful. Versus reality is, were you dreaming? Okay, when'd you go to bed? You know, that's training wheels. Well, because you need if you have less self awareness, because you now have this thing doing it. At some point, there is a give and take. Yeah. We so can, now you don't have any body awareness. Training wheels, got to pull them off sometime. So so to me, I think the the wearables are a good thing at the beginning. But to me, there's nothing that creates more awareness than is, is you listening to your body. And asking good questions. Yes. And so that's part of being an athlete. You're more aware of your... Of your, of your body. So as, as we wrap up, I, I think this is a really fascinating topic and we might go s- more specific down the road of, okay, how do you protect your joints and the exercise? This was kind of vague to a couple of things to inspire everyone to continue to try to be an athlete in their own way, in their to, own. to continue to perform. We talked about sleep, nutrition, 
you know, having a team, whether you get massages or doing the Epsom salts or have a chiropractor or whoever, and then therapist or trainer, a coach, and then restorative movements using movement to restore the body. Can you get on your knees? Can you, do you have the ankle flexibility? Can you hang? These are some things that are preparation to be an athlete. Before I kind of wrap up with my last thoughts, any last pieces for everybody out there to say how they can continue to just age well as yeah one of the things i see and again it's interesting the conversations recently like there's many people that we play paddle ball with that are they do the wheatgrass the cod liver on some of the younger players are coming in and like hey what's that do they're they're very curious because they see some of these older i remember i was talking to stegs the other day you know and stegs says to me and matt stegg had played at michigan state and he played professional basketball and the guy's you know the guy's just a freak of of nature, but um, he says to me at sixty he wants to still dunk. Well, that hits me right. And he, again, he's a big guy. Well, he's six seven, but at the he's he wants he is he's motivated to dunk the basketball when he's sixty. So they hit me like that's everybody has a thing. That's a thing. Everybody has a thing. So, you got to find it. Yeah. So for like you, you probably want to shoot your age, you know, sooner than later. You don't have to wait till you're ninety to shoot ninety, right? So. So I think whoever you are, you know, find activities, try new activities, play more, but don't give up the play because I think the play sometimes people are like, I've never been an athlete. I mean, Holly or we'll say they've never been, but that they find love in some of these things they can do. Like when mom went water skiing this summer or, you know, she's been snow skiing with me last couple of years and she's a great snow skier and she's a good, great water skier. Again, just pushing her into that environment. Yeah, you gotta you gotta push yourself. You yeah, gotta sometimes get nudged. Really, she she gets excited about that. So I think that's where people let's get excited a little bit more about some of these things. Yeah, she water skied at sixty four. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think that's the spot on. I think everybody has their thing. I I see the pain is like I see so many people packing it in way too early, and then I see what it's. Well, the human body is potentially designed to do if you want to. And sometimes you have to step back and say, okay, I got a blank canvas. Don't care how much I beat up my body or where I'm at or what good I've done. What do I want to do? Back reverse engineer. Because I think the key with this conversation, and you can learn from Tom Brady, the guy wants to be the best Tom Brady in all aspects of his life as long as possible. Sometimes a little extreme. But I think we got to keep playing. And so if you're listening to this and you say, yeah, I don't play like I used to. I just got back from Petoskey and I was working with law enforcement. They don't play. They're stressed. It's a high demand job, on call. All they're looking for is a release at the end of the day. Could be having a cocktail or just kind of doing nothing. But they all know that they should play. And so the, the thing that I'm going to leave you with today is don't stop playing just change the preparation. Continue to try to prepare like you want to play because you're going to find, if you do that, you're going to find things that actually do give you joy, that do make you feel fulfilled. And if you have the preparation, you can pick up right where you, you want to pick yeah, up. I'll just mention one last thing is, I think, I think people get excited about their life when they see growth. Whether it's, you know, I'm just getting a little bit better or I'm trying to get a little bit better. And so I think that's what I see more and more. It gets exciting for people that they have something to look forward to and they see that growth and they see that that change. And, and there's nothing that's better for the heart and the soul than to, you know, find activities you love to do and, and play. Yeah, play is a big deal. 
All right, we'll see you again next time. Any questions, info at OntarioLiving.com. Have a great week. Thank you.